Welcome to the Well Standing Podcast. This is episode 246. Today is August 27, 2017. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Now today I'm going to give you a really quick episode and what I want you to do is to go back and listen to episode 181 which was recorded around April of 2016 and that's an episode where I talk about the effects of the global economy and the impact that was occurring because of U.S. oil production and I go into a lot of detail explaining what the petrodollar is. I bring all this up because the great impact that U.S. oil production has had on creating jobs in the United States and stabilizing our economy and increasing the value of the U.S. dollar because now of not only the fact that we're importing less oil, but we've also begun to export oil. Despite all these good things that are happening, the the more equalization and the balance of trade because of these oil exports, despite all these things, I continue to hear from listeners that send me articles or YouTube videos or different emails that they receive about how people continue to predict the collapse of the U.S. dollar, how the petrodollar trade is going to mean that the United States is no longer going to be a reserve currency, that the World Bank or the IMF are going to come up with SDRs or other types of things that will undermine the strength of the U.S. dollar or somehow substitute for it. I think that all those things that you're hearing, particularly about how the U.S. dollar is going to go away or evaporate or be replaced as a global trade currency, whether it be through a cryptocurrency or through a World Bank SDR, I think all that, and this is just my personal opinion, okay, so take it for what it's worth, but I believe all that is bunk, it's BS, it's just marketing, people trying to sell you products, whether it be a subscription to their newsletter or their book or to get you to buy gold or some other type of currency or Iraqi dinars or whatever it is they're trying to sell, I think it's all BS. Now, do I think that United States currency is going to be the reserve currency forever? No, I don't think it will be. Just like the British pound sterling stopped being the reserve currency and just like Spanish bullion and Roman coins or whatever empire at the time, eventually their empire and their currency go away. I'm not saying that the U.S. is going to be around forever. I'm not saying that the U.S. dollar is going to be dominant forever. But what I'm saying is, is in the immediate future, the U.S. dollar isn't going anywhere and it isn't going to zero. And so right now, while you're hearing so much gloom and doom and how, and people were already predicting that, you know, August, the market was going to fall apart. Well, we're almost through the month of August. It hasn't fallen apart. You'll see that I've been continuing to add positions to my portfolio. And in fact, if I had more cash available, I'd be buying more things. I'm currently keeping some reserves available now to move into the energy and the oil sector if and when we go back and test oil at around a barrel. I want to see how all that plays out before I move into the energy sector. So I have been patient with that and I'll continue to be patient with that. But when I see the right opening, I will not hesitate to go in and buy top quality U.S. American producers of oil that are blue chip companies that pay a dividend and several of them are out of favor. That's the kind of markets I like to invest in. Evidence of that is all the different positions that I've taken this year. Out of favor Mexico that I got into after Trump was elected. 
That's why I invested in the Indian economy after they got so much bad press of when they started pulling their currency off the market and they started forcing people into electronic and smaller denomination transactions. I like to invest in markets that other people don't. Again, when Donald Trump became elected, that is what caused me to move into emerging markets and general markets outside the United States. Those have proven to be very profitable trades this year. That's why I like healthcare. That's why I've moved into the banking sector. That's why I've taken such a strong, overweight position in recent months in large blue chip U.S. companies that pay a dividend that all happen to be out of favor. It's a simple dogs of the Dow strategy, but I think it's going to play out well over the coming months. So I'm not afraid of a meltdown. I wasn't afraid of nuclear war with North Korea. I wasn't afraid of the electrical grid going down during the eclipse. I'm not afraid of the U.S. stock market collapsing as we come into these last days of August. That's why I continue to hold my positions and add to them. I want to refer you back to an episode I did about a year and a half ago. It's in the show notes. It's episode 181. It's where I specifically talk about the impact of U.S. oil production and what that means in terms of the petrodollar and the significance that that's having overall with deflationary pressures. And really, it goes back to to how the Federal Reserve over the last few years can increase their balance sheet to unprecedented levels and just have major money printing of quantitative easing, and yet we don't see inflation. We're actually seeing deflation. A lot of that goes back to the lower cost of oil, the strength of the U.S. dollar, and really the breakup of a lot of institutional monopolies that are occurring because of technology. These are things that I discuss in my book, The Robots Are Coming. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at Barnes & Noble. If you want to get it for free, just go have your local library order it. I talk in that book about the struggle between inflationary and deflationary forces. That's what we're seeing in today's economy. That's what we're seeing with the petrodollar. That's what we're seeing with historically high U.S. oil production. We're not producing more oil in this country because we suddenly found it. We're producing more oil in this country because we've used technology and robotics and big data to go out there and make it economical to get that oil. You see, the old paradigm was was that we knew oil was out there in shale and we knew it was out there in deep water in the ocean and we knew it was out there in the Canadian tar sands, but that it was not economical to go out and produce that oil that would have to wait until the price of oil raised significantly, you know, way up around $150, $200 a barrel. That would make it economical to go out and get oil in these sources where they were tied up in the earth. Well, that's not the case. You see, technology made that oil recoverable at a price of oil below $50 a barrel. That's significant, and that's driving a lot more around the economy than you might think it is. So again, I encourage you, go back, listen to episode 181. The link is in today's show. And that'll help explain why you're now seeing in the news how the United States has now become the 11th top supplier to oil into China. Yes, it isn't that the U.S. is just producing their own oil now. It isn't the U.S. is just importing less oil from OPEC. The supply has totally shifted to where the United States is now exporting and we're getting to the point where we're making headway even in countries like China, and with us now being the 11th top producer in China, I believe that we'll soon be moving into the top 10 exporters into China, and that'll bump out 
OPEC countries like the United Arab Emirates, and it's really bad news for OPEC. And technology and robotics and automation are likewise going to be bad news for other institutional monopolies that have held a stranglehold on certain sectors of the economy. It's the way Uber has gone after the taxicab industry.